welcome back to the self-care cave today we're here with a very exciting guest a, a good friend of mine and an artist teacher <laughs> and what else do you do summer tell me everything about what you do so we can dive straight in <laughs> hi michaela thank you so much i feel so honored to be a guest in your show um yeah so i'm simpure like you said people call me sim or sima and I am an administration training and development freelancer slash singer. So I I do everything from teaching Isikosa at Forest Preparatory School in Ronabosh to working as a TIF provider, which is a coaching tool um, for Functional Fluency International um, with head of headquarters in the Netherlands. I also work for Selaco, which is a coaching and consulting firm, doing some administration. I work for Play Handball ZA, which is a sports organization, specifically using handball as a sport for development. And I do project coordination there. I'm a board member of Umobi Children's Organization, which has a house in Kailicha and Kuguletu. And then I'm a singer. So when it's nighttime or weekends, I transform and I become a singer. And in a nutshell, that's about me. <laughs> hmm. I have to ask how you balance everything because it sounds like an absolute whirlwind, but it sounds like so much fun. So what is your, how do you find balance with everything? So I've got a weekly structure. So I know between 9 and 12 on a Monday which project I'm doing from 12 to 3 and from 3 to 6. And so that runs from Monday to Friday. And obviously I know which weekends are, are break weekends where I don't engage in any activities, be it work related or music related. And, and obviously I slot in my musical bookings um, based on this schedule. So I've got a schedule which I stick to and I try to not, um, I try to not do something that's completely off, you know, this schedule. And yeah, it works for me actually. Hmm. It sounds amazing. It sounds like you've got like this organization thing down to an art. Mm, yeah. Now, um, I have to ask, because we're the self-care, okay, we talk to people about their self-care. What is your opinion on the overall general media's one-size-fits-all? Yeah, that that's... Um, it's. <sighs> It's it's not right. It's negative and it's it's unnecessary as well, and because we all come from different backgrounds, we all have different practices, rituals, and so you can't have one size fits all self care um, for these kinds of environments. I mean, we like I'm telling you that I'm a freelancer, so a typical day I'm working on four projects in one day, and then you get somebody who works a full day from nine to four for one company. So our self-care will look very different because I'm at home from nine to 12 and then I travel quickly to a meeting there and then I come back and have a coffee. So I've got a nice little flow. Whereas if somebody sits at work from nine to four, it means they bind it by those walls until they leave. So self-care actually needs to come from the company. Um, whereas in my own space, I, I, I'm, I'm 100% I'm behind having to take care of myself because I need to know what I'm doing when. So the whole one size fits all, it does. It actually doesn't work for me. I don't believe that is true. And I don't believe you can just be diagnostic like that. I 100% agree. It's, it's one of the reasons I started this project because um, we're fed these mass media of, oh, a bubble bath and a glass of wine will fix all your problems when self-care is so much deeper. Mm, mm. So, yeah. Very true, very true. Um, very true. 
go into going into the deeper side of things how how do you yourself practice self-care what is your first of all what is your main focus when it comes to self-care and how do you practice uh, like a generic so let, let's go wide scale let's go wide scale let, and how do you take care of yourself in such a, a work week and such a busy schedule yeah um so my self-care um methodology which i call is i wake up every morning and i affirm myself so i look up in the mirror and i say my daily mantras you know that i am beautiful that i am awesome and i'm meant to, in fact i was born to conquer the world and that makes the energy positive that um shifts my attitude for the day that empowers me to touch the untouchable and yeah and then i'll have a glass of wine i believe in the in the saying a glass of wine a day keeps the doctor away so that is my self-care technique i'll have a glass of wine after a long day obviously not every day um, but if i've had a very difficult day especially with teaching online students it can really get tough so a glass of wine just to calm myself and then i've got a planner so i always um look at my planner to know what i'm doing for the week and when and then on Sundays, I've got a reflective um, Sunday where I look at what did I achieve this week and what are my goals for the next week. And I'm generally a very positive person and I like to invite positivity to my space. If I see that something is not going to be positive or is not going to benefit me positively, then I remove myself from that. Um, but yeah, in a nutshell, it is, it is affirmations every morning when I wake up. It is knowing what I'm doing when. It is having a glass of wine when I've had a, a very difficult day. And it's really about nurturing. You know, I, I nurture my friends and my socials, my mom and my family, and I sort of invite that nurturing back to me, especially nowadays of the COVID and lockdowns and things like this. We, we don't really have opportunities to be with people all the time. So things like having a Facebook chat once in a while, you know, or your video call via WhatsApp so that you see people's faces and you just remind yourself that actually we might not be in a physical space together, but there's so much more we can do with technology. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really just all about positivity and just being positive. I love that. I think it's very important. And I, th I love that you brought out the fact of staying in touch mm. because I, I feel like a lot of people tend to forget that staying in touch is part of self-care. Social self-care is part of self-care as well, mm. um, which is funny because we, we tend to look inwards and not always outwards as well. Yes. Um, Speaking of, you mentioned online teaching. Is all of your teaching currently online? No, um, not all my teaching. I still teach TOSA physically at school on Fridays. And yeah, and then there's an RAA course where I teach personal development that is 100% online. But my other work is okay, online. Lovely. Yeah. That's... Okay. And um, give, me, give me a breakdown of, say, for instance, one, like a, a Wednesday for you. And how, say, if, if you don't have a glass of wine, how you break down that day mentally at the end of the day? Because that to me is very interesting. I love to hear about that process. Mm, yeah. So to give you an overview of my Wednesday, um, so I wake up at 8, I do my mantras and get into the shower, get ready. And then I drive to the office in Musenberg and I normally start at 9. And then I'm at the office until 3. Um, and whatever that comes, I do at the office. And then I come home. 
Um, I get home generally by 20 to 4 for the latest, and then I just have a glass of water or whatever. But at 4, then I check my other emails for the other projects. And then at 5, I start the pot, and then I'll be cooking, whatever it is. I love cooking as well. And I get a lot of um, I get a lot of therapy from cooking, be it a good day or a bad day. Whenever I start cooking, I just feel I, I get into this space where I'm, I'm, I'm creating. So my meals are not things that I read online or things that people have done typically. It's things that I just come up with. I put the ingredients and I decide, okay, today I'm going to make fish, but I want to boil it. <laughs> and then I go through a process of boiling this fish to ensure that it's going to be perfect at the end. So I start cooking at five and then I'll have my glass of wine, let's say seven. Um, if I don't have a glass of wine and I've had a bad day or a, a long day, I become frustrated. I become agitated and at the moment I've got two housemates so we are three using an apartment where we share the kitchen and the bathroom I get so frustrated and agitated that if I go into the kitchen and I find glasses unwashed or the sink full of whatever I freak out and 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 I'm, I'm, an, I'm a very expressive person when I freak out my my housemates will know that I'm upset so if I don't have that glass of wine, I just become monstrous, as what my friend normally tells me. <laughs> um, and sometimes I, I think I do lose reasoning because I'm a very grounded person and I'm very evaluative. So I'm, I'm quick to evaluate the situation before reacting. But if I don't have a glass of wine, I, I completely react and I become autopilot. Everything just happens on autopilot. And, and it's a very dangerous place to be for me. Mm. Yeah. I, I agree. I think autopilot is very much a, a, a deadened sense of, sense of state. Mm. And um, I mean, you and I know each other personally from our time at Africa Burn. Yes. And uh, so, and I've yes. always found you a very positive, exciting and happy, boisterous type of person. Mm. And it, it, it's something that I, I admire about you. Um, how do you maintain that mindset because obviously it's not it's not a, a natural mindset we we tend to go into dips and whatnot naturally it's a human life mm. well actually that's been a part of my personal development journey i met um a, a tool called functional fluency and tiff about three years ago and really it's a coaching tool for people to reflect more to be more reflective and to be less reactive and when I met this tool, I, I was a very, yeah, I, I do suffer from anxiety sometimes um, through my robbery in 2010. So it's one of the after effects. And sometimes when I panic, I, I just say things as, as they are without feeling or without um, getting into a, into a space where how is this going to land on somebody else? And when I met this tool, um, I felt this is good because it's a behavior tool. It doesn't look at people's personalities. It looks at your behavior and basically it, it says, if you're having a rainy day, how do you normally react or how do you normally behave? And then it's got golden patterns and it's called purple patterns. And the golden patterns are the ideal behaviors we should be displaying and that we should be inhaling and exhaling. And then the purple um, patterns are the ones we should do less of. And when I met this tool, I started doing it personally with my family, with myself, you know, um, professionally. And I see the, the results that sometimes even if somebody says something negative to me, I quickly get into that positive mode and I say, OK, great. They might be having a bad day, this person. And, and so try to sort of empathize with them without actually 
putting it out there that I'm so sorry that you're saying this to me. But for me to, in order to not take the invitation to go to the reaction, I basically block that invitation and I invite them into a more reflection space. So it is this function of fluency that I found three years ago that has really been helping me to stay in touch with, with reality, to stay in touch with my being and to stay in touch with what's happening in the world. And yeah, literally. I think that's very, very interesting. I also think I love how you you you, you say you imblo- you block their negative invitation and you invite them into a more reflective space. Yes. I think that's something all of us could learn how to do because that's it's very much a here in the now type of reaction. Yes. Mm-hmm. So when would you say your your personal journey in into self care and self realization and actualization started? I think branching off of that now. Mm, I think it started when I moved out of my mom's house, so the family house. This was back into. In fact, it started in the initiation school when I was being initiated from being a boy to being a man. Um, that's where I started to see my individuality, because straight after that, um, two months later, I moved out because I decided I needed to find my own feet. I needed to. I needed to own up my own space. I needed to find this individual that Sim is meant to be. Because when I was living at home, I was a brother, I was a son, I was a cousin, and I wore all these different hats and I, I had all these different roles that it, it, I completely forgot about what my what my calling was. And then 2009, that's where it, when it really started. I mean, I started dating, you know, because I could make my own choices. I started, you know, buying things for myself. And yeah, so it started in 2009. And and it's interesting. It's a journey that never ends until today. There are things that I discover about myself that I'd never known. And it's, it's quite interesting. It's, it's lovely to learn something new about myself on a weekly, on a monthly, on a yearly basis. But it just means that a human human nature is really fascinating. And yeah, so I get excited when I learn something new about myself. So yeah. I love that. Um, obviously, um, you, you were quite young when you, when you moved out then, so you must have had challenges along the way. How did you face those challenges and, and continue to grow with those challenges as well? I come from a very close family. So I grew up with my mom, my sister, my brother, and our uncle. And our grandmother, before she passed on, she used to tell us the importance of keeping your immediate family close, even when you're away from them. So they are my support system. If I'm in trouble, I would always just call my uncle and say, hey, this is what happened, and I'm sharing with you because I'm feeling a bit um, anxious. At the same time, wherever I go, I always create close bonds. So when I moved, I was um, I spent a lot of time with my ex-fiance at the time, and then the yard mates at the house that I used to stay, we created this um, we created like a nice bond that on weekends we'd hang out together. If I didn't have sugar, I would knock on my neighbor's door. So I always create these close bonds with people, so that I whenever I feel like okay this individuality is overwhelming, quickly go and tap onto someone else and sort of feed off from them. And at the same time, I'm a very positive person. I'm quite reflective. So if I go through something like, uh, you know, like an obstacle, for instance, in 2010, I was attacked, hit with a gun on my face. And yeah, then I went through a narrative practitioner counseling. 
and which was all new, so new to me. I'd never been to counseling before and those kind of things, but it did help, but I still became paranoid. So I ended up having these um, reflective zones where whenever I get home, I would write or I would write a song or I would cook, whatever I used to do or I still do to get into a space where I'm reflecting and I'm positive again. So I always invite positivity back into my life, either by tapping into my close bonds or by reflecting over a glass of wine, writing a song, cooking, or just reading. And yeah. I think it's, 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 it's something everybody needs to learn in society today is to keep welcoming in um, warmth from other people and, and, and positivity from other people. But also on, on the flip side of that, there's the, the possible of negativity that people will bring in so that you have to keep blocking out as well. So it's constant work. Absolutely. You, that you struggle with on a daily basis? Or is it something that, that rears its head regularly but not necessarily daily no actually my anxiety is weird my, my anxiety is i could even time it and say it happens once a year that i get an anxiety attack it is something that i'm aware of so it is in my awareness box i know when i'm gonna get an anxiety attack what what happens to my body and what happens to me and i'm able to contain it i'm able to block it from attacking I'm able to meet it halfway. Um, for instance, the last time I had an anxiety attack was last year, February. And a couple of weeks ago, when I had a problem with my car, I was triggered and I, I felt that it was coming. But I, I, I immediately called my, my colleague, who's a life coach. And so she just did her work. She did her thing telephonically. And then she invited me back into the normal space. So it's not something I suffer from on a daily or on a weekly or monthly even. It's just got its when it hits, it hits. But I can I, I know when it's gonna hit. I feel it and I see it coming. You mentioned your anxiety. Now, is this something I like that you say that you meet it halfway because I I think that's something I mean, I myself suffer with severe anxiety. So I do I understand that headspace that you go into when you get it. Mm. And um I mean mine is far more regular, but I, I manage it with, 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 with different tools and things like that. And I like that you say that you meet it halfway. That mm -hmm. to me is, it's a very healthy way of looking at it. It's not a problem that comes at you. It's something that you've got to meet halfway. And Absolutely. it's very healthy. Absolutely. Okay. So speaking of this whole journey that you have been on of, of since like 09 and whatnot, let's, let's touch on like aspects of it. Like the fact that you're an artist, you're a music artist. Mm -hmm. um, is your music um, inherently personal to you and to your journey? Yes, definitely. I I write music for myself. I write music for people. But whatever I write, it's something that I always relate to. I'm not one of those writers who write um, just to entertain people. Every single of my songs is, is something that has happened to me or something that I wish would happen to me. So I always attach my life, my journey with what I write musically. And I believe that my, my musical journey is about sharing my experiences. It is to empower those who are disempowered. It is to educate those who are uneducated and really just to inspire those who are feeling uninspired. That is, that is exactly how I write my music. And yeah, I, I basically invite people into my world and this is me. I go naked figuratively and I let it out. So yeah. I think that's absolutely fantastic. And I mean, again, yet another healthy outlook at, at the way to, to face things. 
um, figuratively going naked into things. Yeah. Um, which is, can be quite scary. How do, how do you manage the fact that people could take that a little bit odd, like on the off chance that somebody might take advantage of that? How do you manage that like possibility? Well, I, I'm somebody who, who blocks negativity out of my life. So if somebody says something negative or maybe I post something on socials, like on, on social media, Facebook or Instagram, and I see a negative comment, my first instinct is always to just delete it. If I delete it and I don't see it, it doesn't affect me. But if I leave it there, um, it's sort of something that I always, my eyes go to it and it does affect my, my energy. So I just delete it and I probably ban you from my posts or I delete you altogether, block you. I, yeah, part of me blocking negativity out of my life is blocking people who are negative on my social media, even when it comes to friends. I mean, I was friends with um, these wonderful people by last year, December, and I saw that there was a lot of negative energy around these people. And I thought, you know what, I'm not a tree. It's time to move on. And I moved. And I'm not friends with these people anymore. And I wish them well. I want them to thrive at life. But I just don't feel that me being in that space it will make it possible. So I ended the friendship. So whenever I see that something is negative, I've got the power and I've got the influence to just remove myself from that. So that's exactly what I do. Even, even when it's hard, it's something that can be done. And the only one person who can do that is me. I think it's very important. And I think a lot of people need to learn how to do that. Um, touching on something you said a little bit earlier, you're going to have to remind me about it. It, it was just after the first question when I asked... Um, about the idea of self-care and, and your individualized self-care. You mentioned family. You mentioned your... We've now touched on how you block out negativity. When it comes to to um, finding strength within yourself, is that... Where, where do you go for that? Because obviously that is something that we need to have in order to keep ourselves strong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I suppose I look at where I come from. I'm in a Gurup Kualanga, um, which is a township a place where dreams are not validated, a place where um, there's no inspiration. We're only inspired by thugs who steal from banks. We're inspired by people who kill to earn a good living. So I always just get into that space where I remind myself that I come from Kualanga. And when I finished my matric in 204 to where I am now, these amazing milestones, these amazing obstacles that I've had to overcome, these amazing accomplishments, these amazing achievements, these people that have impacted positively, that is where I find my strength. It, it, it comes from the reminder of where I was in two, 2004 when I finished my matric to where I am to this day. I think that's very, very important. I mean, we, you, you need to remember that your life impacts other people's as well, whether you see it or not. Even the smallest interaction can have an impact. I'm I'm going to I'm going to ask what your advice is for people who have not yet found their way with self-care and taking care of their their whole being. What 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 advice do you have for people? Um don't spend too much time on Google, googling self-care <laughs> because I know many people do that and you've got different tools, different things and this doesn't fit for me. Oh no, I don't want this one. Just don't spend time. You can read one article and you can make a decision for yourself. Self-care is the ability to to take care of yourself. Self-care is the ability to manage your time. Self-care is the ability to manage yourself. Self-care is the ability to be you. So 
Do things that make you smile. Do things that make you healthy. Do things that make your well-being be positive. If, if it means waking up every morning, looking in the mirror and affirming yourself, go for it. If it means every, every other day you want to journal about your past two days' experiences, go for it. If it means you want to have a chat once a week with your family who you don't, you don't live with so that you can sort of pass on positive strokes to each other, go for it. Self-care is all in your hands and not on Google. Self-care is not how the lady next door looks, no. Self-care is about how you see yourself and what you want to get out of yourself. Self-care is the ability to tap into the inside and to the outside and say, this makes me happy, this doesn't make me happy, and here we go. And basically put, putting your life on a very good map and mapping out your life. What am I doing on Monday? What am I doing on Friday? What am I doing on weekends? So that you've got a structure. And I promise you, once you have a structure and you know what you're doing when, it just makes life easy and it makes people be able to say no. Self-care is the ability to say no. Many people continue to say yes, even when they know they're overwhelmed with their own work, with their own issues, and they say yes because people know Sim is the go-to person. Once you have a structure and you know at 12 o'clock I've got a thing with somebody else, and someone says, oh, Sim, I need you. Can you come drop me off here? I'm sorry, I can't do that because I've got this planned. No, no, no is a big part of self-care. That is my advice to anyone and everyone who's not yet there. I love that. I think that's definitely one of the things that I've learned over the last eight and a half years. I mean, seriously, mm. um, the ability to say no, I'm going, I'm going to title that this, actually. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to give you, take two minutes to plug where we can find your music and where we can follow you on socials. And then I'm going to say thank you very much for your time today. This has been absolutely amazing. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak to you about this, because this is something that I want people to realize everybody has to do it. It's not just the rich and famous. It's not just the people who have lots of money. It's every single person. It's us, people who are hustling for our different side projects. It's it's all of us. Mm, mm, mm. So tell us where we can find you. Thank you. So you can find me on Facebook, um, Simpiwe Sima, S-I-M-M-A-H, Masanyana. And my music pages, on, in fact, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, it's at Official Sima, so S-I-M-M-A-H. I'm on LinkedIn as Simpiwe Sima Matanyana. You can also look, I've got a channel on YouTube, it's Official Sima. Remember, S-I-M-M-A-H. If you go to SoundCloud, you can search for Sima, S-I-M-M-A-H, everything Sima. That's where you find me. And thank you very much. It's always interesting to engage with people about self-care conversations because not many people are aware how important this topic is. So thank you for the invitation. And yeah, and I hope somebody out there did listen and sort of catch a little something. I hope so too. Thank you so much, Summer. And I'm going to let you go now. I know you have a very busy schedule. And thank you awesome. again for giving me your time today. Thank you so much. Okay.